Welcome into a brand new episode of Crossing Swords. It is the all-star break, and we have a lot to talk about tonight. We have a loaded slate. We have Cats all the way down in Long Island. We'll get to him later. But we have DJ Supreme and the Funnel Guy as well joining me. But first, we got to give a shout-out to one of our sponsors, Amherst Alehouse, the place to be to watch all Sabres games. $7 pitchers of Molson and Coors, half-price medium pizzas, tons of deals. You got Pink Whitney's behind the bar. And speaking of Pink Whitney's, we have a Pink Whitney expert with us. He's not funneling tonight. Tristan, what are you sipping on over there, and how are you feeling about the Sabres? I have been inhaling Pink Whitney since I got home at 5 o'clock today. It's been a rough week at work. Um, how do I feel about the Buffalo Sabre? Can you even like can, can you guys even call me the funnel guy anymore? Is that even a thing anymore? Nobody wants to see a guy on Twitter funneling beers when the Sabres are getting pumped 5-1. to one. What am I going to do, funnel one goal for a, a Johan Larson goal when we get our shit pushed in by St. Louis? What's the point, right? I just look like a dick on Twitter. Yeah, and you're not even getting drunk. That's probably the worst part of it all, is if they only score one goal and they get their shit kicked in, there's nothing you can do about it, and you're going to end up sober. But Supreme, you talked about uh, this stretch of games a couple weeks ago and how they had to perform, and they started off well, but things didn't work out too well in uh, in the end there. No, not at all. And I mean, it started off. It was it was like hilarious how they played against St. Louis just after we recorded the last episode, where I'm saying they needed, you know, need to find a way to get nine points in six games and then they just lay a total egg. Completely. Uh, just like the Jersey staff for the Buffalo Sabers laying eggs on Robitaille Anderchuk and can't even find an authentic jersey for our boy Danny Gare. I mean, it's you got to wonder what's happening down there at the Key Bank Library, um, not just on game nights, but uh, off nights as well. And, you know, it's a, it's hard to be continue to be optimistic about the Buffalo Sabres when they have 51 points. They are, you know, 10 points out of a playoff spot now heading into the All-Star break. Unless we see some historic shit happen in our favor, I mean, it's we're we're looking at another year added on to the drought. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense how a team can be, be this bad this long in the NHL because you see so much turnover year after year in the playoffs. Tristan, for you, what's what's the biggest problem right now? I mean, you lose a so what I think it comes down to for me is you lose a player like. Victor Olofsson, who has really stepped into his game, who has really created a ton of opportunities on that first line, and even whatever line he played on, is Jeff Skinner performing at the level in which we had hoped? No. But he is a guy that anytime that he's on the ice, he's always creating opportunities. He's always a threat to score, so people are scared of him. And you lose those two players, you automatically lose a very, very significant offensive threat, and you lose depth all over every single one of your, your your forwards. So right now we're operating with 733 defensemen. We have roughly six solid forwards. There's almost no depth. We're playing a very boring style of hockey. We're trying to play very strong defensively. You can't put Carter Hutton in that. 
because he's going to let in, what is it? I think it's been, he's averaged four goals let in per game for the past seven games. He's like, I, I can't even talk about him. But now you're leaning so heavily on Allmark, and he's playing very good. He has his bad moments too, but he's playing very well. We're focusing on a very defensive style of hockey when we are behind the eight ball. We are chasing teams like Carolina. And for Christ's sake, Columbus trades away their whole organization in this offseason, and they're still in the wild card position right now. We're battling against teams like that. We have 51 points on the year in 49 games. Teams like Carolina, who's the last wild card spot right now, 61 points on pace for over 100 points right now. That means that the wild card two could potentially finish with 100 goddamn points. We are coming nowhere near that level of play. If we want to make a push in the last 33 games, you got to win eight, nine of ten, and then hopefully just keep going from there. You, because I think the next, what do they say? Like the next eight home, the next eight games are at home. You got to yeah. do something. Yeah, they got a nice, they got a nice long home stretch stretch coming up here. But obviously that's that's a big problem. But you saw the St. Louis Blues were able to do it last year, so it's something that can happen. But you pretty much just have to consistently win and win and win and win. Like you said, you probably got to win out of those thirty-three. You might have to win twenty, twenty-five, go twenty-five and eight at like worst there, or you know twenty-three, whatever, get a couple you know overtime shootout points. But twenty-eight and five. Yeah, that's that's terror. Like, there's no chance that this team, the way it's currently constructed, is going to be able to do that. Um, you look at them right now; they have the second lowest expected goals for in the entire NHL. They're just uh, completely lacking quality in their shot um, chances, and it's gotten worse since you've lost Skinner and Olafson, because those are guys who are kind of converting and giving you a little bit more on. Maybe some shots that aren't you know necessarily in the best spots because they are somewhat elite at the at that at that certain trait. But you lose those guys. You don't have anyone to step into those roles. You you know you bring up guys like Curtis Lazar and Rasmus Asplund who are playing very well, but they are not elite shooters. They're not scorers. You're not able to you know reproduce what they're able to add into this lineup, and that's where you kind of find yourselves right now. And I'm just waiting for the moment that we hear about the situation, how getting Skinner and Olofsson back is basically going to be like an addition of a trade sleep. Yeah, but I, I mean, they'll definitely get a lift with those two guys back. They're, they're two of the most talented offensemen on the team and just players overall for the Buffalo Sabres. But we were still talking when those two guys were healthy about how we needed to add depth. I mean, the NHL, it's a four-line league now. It's you know, the 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 fourth line, like tough guy line, really it doesn't exist when you look around the league, especially the teams at the top of the standings. So I I, I I'm gonna no no don't get me wrong here. I'm gonna love to have Golovkin back. Gonna love to have Skinner back. I think they will get that lift, you know, from a morale standpoint in the locker room, and and they do have talent, but. We still don't have that depth on the bottom six, you know, offensively. Uh, and as as Tristan said, we can't we can't really afford to give Omar a night off because Hutton has been so inconsistent this year. After after the phenomenal start, we're wondering where the hell that went. 
it's an absolute shit show. Literally, you nailed the thing on the head. We've been talking about adding offensive talent to our team since, let's say, game number 20. After we had our really nice little run, things started to kind of tail off a little bit. And everyone's like, oh, you know, maybe we should add a couple of players. Maybe we should try to, you know, maybe build the roster up a little bit, try to get a little bit deeper. It's the same bullshit over and over again. We have Olafson get hurt. We have Skinner get hurt. We add next to nothing. So we lose these pieces, these very, very important pieces to our offense. And all we do is talk about how we need to get this team better, how we need to how we need to add depth to our bottom six. And all we do is add who's the dude from Calgary? It was uh Frolik. Yeah, all we do is add Frolik, who's had what, three goals this season? You added another don't get me wrong. I have nothing against Michael Froelich, but I couldn't give less of a shit about that trade. That trade literally meant nothing for our offensive scoring ability, and it sure as shit didn't mean anything for our depth. And we're still hoarding defensemen, and we're still playing Zach Bogosian, and I cannot figure out what exactly it is we are doing. I cannot figure out what we are going for. It does not make sense and it's been 10 years since we put together a quality team and we're still looking down the barrel of a shit shotgun and it sucks oh it definitely sucks and you talk about some of the sabers just bad play not being able to figure things out the sabers right now are tied with montreal in points at 51 yet montreal has one more game played they have a 14.9% chance of making the playoffs, according to moneypuck.com. The Sabres only have an 8.2% chance. And a whole lot comes to the underlying numbers. The Sabres' expected goal share in the past month, you know, it it, it got up at the end of December. It, it was. They, they went on that little streak there. And since that streak, they've gone to almost you know, the depths of the basement again in the NHL and expected goal share, and that's terrible. You're getting saved right now by good goaltending in some of these games. You have a 0.4% chance of winning the Stanley Cup and 8.2% chance of making the playoffs. Your chances of winning the lottery right now are 4.6. We might as well just, I don't even want to say, like we we might as well just tank, but damn, we might we might as well, but there's no one to trade off to even tank right now. If you look at the way this roster is constructed, and you know we'll get into that a little bit later on in, in the show, in this episode. But sleep right now. The the chances of the playoffs just it's just dwindling day by day. Yeah. Uh, world. I, I like Lafreniere. Lafreniere. Well, yeah. No, I I, I agree with the idea. I mean. As far as our playoff hopes, you can't even I, – I don't know if you can even point the finger at anyone that's on the bench during these games. I mean, for dysfunction like this, with the amount of parity that's in the NHL, this is this is organizational dysfunction. And I know we had chatted about it, you know, you know offline, so to speak, throughout the week. But it's it, when you have one one year and it's a bad season that's on the team. You have a couple of those that's on the coaching staff. Maybe two or three of those it's it's the coaches. Anything beyond that, it's the organization. 
And, you know, you look at like what the Buffalo Bills, for example, were for so long and how the Sabres have kind of just turned into that. But why? It's because of poor management. You know, Jason Botterill, Tim Murray, are these the right guys? You know, it, it, maybe even beyond those guys. That's uh, the thing. Is How many anyone in the front office a right fit for the job that they should be doing? And what kind of culture have they created off the ice? You know, that makes players, I mean, it's it's like a, a new player. Uh, it's a quarterly basis that some former Sabre is taking shots at, at Buffalo and, and the Sabres organization. It's crazy. At some point, you have to look upwards. I, every year, and I've said this, you know what? I hated Phil Housley. There's a lot of coaches that have come and gone that I've hated. Dan Bilesma hated him. Tim Murray is a GM, hated him. We've gone through, what, three, four GMs in the past 10 years? We've gone through, what, a dozen coaches? It is no longer about the coaches. It is no longer about the general managers. It is about the bullshit that's going on upstairs. It is about the pagulas. You cannot run through this many coaches and general managers and not finally point the finger at something a little bit higher. It's always something. It's a trickle down. effect. It is 100% a trickle down effect. And look at what it's getting us. We've been shuffling shit in and out the past 10 years. And everyone likes to blame it on something. Nobody's pointing the finger. Well, maybe people are now. People, you have yeah. to, yeah, people are definitely starting to point the finger. But it, it can't be 100% just the Pagulas, I guess. Because so many of these people are holdovers over a long term. You're finally starting to see some of these people get forced out. You see these allegations of different things. You know, within the organization, um, whether it's shout out, you know, Russ Brandon or anyone else, like you have all these things that are going on that have probably been kept under wraps for years and years. And it's almost like it's a good boys club and they just continue to have just unsuccessful year after year after year. And you have to, you know, wonder these guys who are supposed to be, you know, living out their dreams, playing in the professional NHL getting paid millions of dollars to do what they love and they're losing the love for the game. Is it just because they're losing on the ice or like think about the people they have to deal with constantly day after day after day, you know, whether it's from media to um, people in parking or in the front office or anything. Um, you have so many, you know, different strings that are being pulled every day. And if they're not all working in a cohesive way, you're going to have dysfunction. If, you know, guys are scheduled to have certain things at certain times and things aren't just flowing properly, like their days are all going to get messed up. People get upset. Like there's different little things that all add up in the long run. And that seems to be the plight of the Buffalo Sabres right now. And that's not where you want to be because right now they're right near the top of the sadness rankings for the highest chance of missing the playoffs and not winning the lottery. It's going to be a dreadful day if we're picking, you know, 13th or 12th because that guy is, you know, three, four years away from helping this team and we need help immediately. Um, but let's, let's look at something a little bit positive here. You know, we have... Jason Bottrell, who doesn't seem to be completely dead, is he awake? Maybe not. 
right now, but he's not dead, and he at least made that move for Fro, for for uh, for Froelich, and he's seemingly you know in the media talking about there are actively engaging in trades and we have to bring in someone special here cats because before we look at the league we have to talk to cats and get his inside look on the aisles because we're gonna have to look at this eastern conference as a whole to sort of pick and prod our way to figure out some sort of way for the sabers to make the playoffs so cats give us an update on long island is lou lamarillo alive does the man still have a pulse islanders suck that is the question all of us are asking lately. Is Lou Lamorello alive? Reports are he has been fishing for a couple of players. Um, lately, uh, I know the Devils are uh, looking for some pieces here, and uh, reports are Lou Lamorello has been looking at Travis Zajac. Now, I'm not opposed to it, but if we're going after the Devils, give me Kyle Pomeri. The guy has... A little more grit left in him, and he's scoring goals. Um, but, you know, the boys are going in the all-star break, sitting at 63 points in a very tight division right now. And um, I, I think the all-star break came out a really good time. The boys need some time off because they had a, a not-too-good January. I believe they went 4-8, and eight, and that is the first losing record uh, of the month uh, while under Barry Trotz. Yeah, you hate to see that, but it sounds sort of like Lou Lamarillo is trying to play some Jason Bottrell stuff. You need a top six forward, but let's go, you know, make a move and get Travis Ajak. Like, it doesn't seem to necessarily be the thing that's going to help you guys get over the hump, and it's not going to be, you know, the type of move that's going to get the Sabres over the hump. But you, the way you look at things right now, you got the Islanders there sitting in that third position in the Metropolitan there at 63 points, but you got the Flyers the Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets all within three points, and they're commanding that wild card spot, even keeping the Leafs out right now. How do you see things playing out there at the end of that Metro there, Cats? Uh, I mean, we got some games up on some of these teams, but uh, you you never know. I mean, the Islanders were coming out hot in the beginning of the year with a 17-game point streak, and then all of a sudden it looks like it means nothing now because you got the Capitals just, you know, cruising along with 71 points top of the metro there and we're tied in games played with 49 each um you know you got columbus carolina holding down those two wild card spots and all it takes is a couple more l's and the boys are looking on the outside yeah it's not good tristan i'm gonna throw this over to you a little bit what do you think about that metropolitan division who do you think probably secures that third spot there is it going to be the islanders blue jackets hurricanes or flyers Cats, real quick. What's is your like? Is your mouth okay? I like. I'm, I'm listening to you, and it's, I don't know if it's the accent or like. Do you have like marbles in your mouth? Oh yeah, yeah. I told you, it's the water that we drink here. It's the grease in the food. <laughs> oh boy, that third spot, lock it up. That's all Carolinas. That team is. They will go on a little bit of a cold stretch. They they tend to. But that offensive power, what they have on the back end, even losing Dougie Hamilton, that that's not going to be the begin-all, end-all. I think Columbus is going to kind of even out. Do I think they're a playoff team? Any team that has Nathan Gerby on it, I cannot count them to be in the playoffs. I like, I like Carolina finishing in that third spot. I like Washington, Islanders, Carolina for sure. 
Yeah, I'm kind of with with you on that with the Hurricanes. They're at plus 27 goal differential. They're losing a bunch of close games. I think they're much better than the Blue Jackets, who have been real hot lately, won six in a row with Elvis uh, Merlinkus in net. Elvis Merlinkus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, say that over and over and over again. I'm sure your girl will love it. But, um, I mean, it, it's just it's weird to see the, you know, the way – that division is powering through. And then we look at the Western conference and, you know, we got, um, old man winter out there in, um, Oilers country. I always forget that guy's name. Um, and he's trying to argue with people talking about, Oh, the Pacific is actually the best division in hockey because there's no one with, uh, uh, only 37 points. Well, yeah, no, like, um, I'm pretty sure, so you got 58. Vancouver's leading the division with 58 points. Uh, right now, the Flyers aren't even in the playoffs, and they have 60 points in the Eastern Conference, and they would be leading that division. So things are topsy-turvy a little bit out there out west. Sleep, what are, you, what are your opinions out there in that Pacific division? You got the Canucks, Oilers, and Flames leading it. Coyotes and Golden Knights are right there, but everything just it seems to be a slobber knocker out there out west. Yeah, the Pacific, I could see going down to the wire. Um, I mean, I like I like how Vancouver's been playing. I love teams like Calgary. I mean, with Matthew Kachuk just being, <laughs> he's trying to dethrone Brad Marchand. It's the year of the, the rat ultimate, too. Is like, the ultimate Chinese rat New Year, I believe, is is going on right it, now, and it is becoming the year of the rat. So does, does that bode well, indeed. like for Kachuk and Marchand, or what? Oh, it's it's their year, but you know I think I think Marshawn Kachuk just seems to be pissing off every team they play um, recently, and you love to see teams like Arizona in the mix. You know they're they're holding on a wild card spot. Same thing with Vegas. I mean, very very shocked to see what had happened in Vegas uh, with Gallant uh, in recent memory. You know the Sabers Reaper. It's now, last year it was just NHL teams. Now it's NHL coaches. Coach killer. Um, yes, but no, I think I, I, it's real tough to call. I would say there will be Vancouver, Calgary, and the Yotes as the one, two, three. But I'd like to see Edmonton sneak in there um, as a wild card team. But yes, I mean those five teams are separated by one point. Oh, yeah. Vancouver has 58. The rest have 57. I mean, Crazy. Uh, yep, and you it's, got, a, it's, it's sort of a crapshoot at this point. Yeah, the point. Canucks and Oilers have a couple games at hand on on uh, the rest of them, too. But, it's yeah, it's really going to come down to the thick of it. Uh, Cats and then uh, Tristan, real quick, top three in the Pacific, name them. Who's going to get in? I think I think Arizona is going to jump into the top three spot. I'm going to say Vancouver at one, Arizona at two, and Calgary at three. All right, Tristan, one, two, three. Give them to me. Oh boy, this is a. Uh, I'm going to say San Jose, Anaheim, and LA. Ooh. Are you okay? <laughs> No, no, no. The, the Pink Whitney's are definitely, they're definitely making their way. I love, I love this Vancouver team. I love the goaltending duo of, of 
yeah, of uh, Markstrom and Thatcher Dem. I think they have a lot of promise. Give me them as number one. Oh God, it's it's tricky because Vegas can get hot at any time. You know they can. Calgary's number three right now with a, a negative twelve goal differential. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> I, I I don't even know how how are they three. Give me give me Vancouver, Edmonton, and give me Arizona. I love that Arizona team too with Cheeseburger Castle. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think the Yotes are a real solid squad. You add Taylor Hall to that mix, and obviously. I think uh-uh. you're probably going to get that extra boost you need to at least get into the playoffs, whether it's into that three spot or the wild card. Um, but, you know, even looking at the Central, you got the Blues and the Avalanche, who are both looking very good. So right now, I'm going to put each of you on the spot. We'll go Supreme, Cats, and then Tristan. Give me your Eastern versus Western Stanley Cup matchup and then predict a winner right now. We're going to talk about this in a couple weeks so we can make fun of how dumb we were a couple months ago. <laughs> I'll put this on the big spot here. Well, I like Washington coming out of the East. Sorry, cats. They're just, they're just so sick this year. Um, I like Washington out of the East. And I really do like the avalanche out of the West. Um, I think that this is the year that they make a little run, and I would say Caps in six. Ooh, interesting. Let's go, Cats. Let's hear it from you. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are on an absolute tear. They have their man back, Sidney Crosby, and they will be playing the St. Louis Blues in the final, Penguins in five. That team is built for that. Tristan, lay it on me. Uh, I'm not going to go. I'm going to avoid all the obvious choices. Let me just look at this real quick. Give me a... Shit. Give me a Florida and... We'll say Florida... Edmonton. No, I can't do Edmonton. Florida Vancouver Stanley Cup final. Wow. That'd be that'd be an interesting one. No, no, what I no. Did I yeah. say Florida Vancouver? Yeah, Florida Vancouver. Florida Vancouver. Who takes it home, T? Give me Florida Vancouver's final. And there's something about this Florida team. I don't care what anybody says. They are an offensive juggernaut. They have such a talent on the back end too. Ekblad is back. He looks very, very strong right now. And we're not even seeing half of what we already know that Sergei Bobrovsky is capable of. We literally just watched him last year in Columbus knock off the Tampa Bay Lightning almost single-handedly because of how strong his goaltending was. Watch out for the Florida Panthers. You heard it here first. Florida, Vancouver, book it. Well, you heard it here second. Watch out for the Panthers. Uh, they have the most goals scored in the entire league, and they are an abs- on an absolute tear right now, winning six in a row, eight and two of their last ten. Like you said, I think this team is going to even stabilize a little bit more on the back end. Maybe if you add another piece there to that core, I think you're well set up, and I think you can make a run in the playoffs. 
Um, you're right there at 61 points. You might be able to jump the lightning and get that second spot in the Atlantic to secure a first round in that first division. I think that'll be a key if they want to get uh, deep into the playoffs. Um, but like we've seen in, in previous years, anyone can make a run. And then out west, I really like the Avalanche. I think they do have the best team. They're also ironically the second highest scoring team in the league they've been a bit up and down this year but they've also struggled with a lot of injuries you know when you look at this team fully healthy between mckinnon landis cog rantanen kale mccarr i think you just have a ton of pieces there to really put things together you know you've had long runs with your backup goalie but i think you can do it and give me the abs to win the stanley cup um is it because i have a little bit more than an emotional investment on them, maybe. Um, but I do really think they're going to win the cup this year. And I, I I think they just have all the right pieces and McKinnon really fully solidifying himself as a true superstar. And as we talk about superstars, let's talk about some all-stars. And we have the all-star weekend coming up here with Jack Eichel representing the Buffalo Sabres and they're going to be playing against the Metropolitan Division up first in the 3v3. How do you think things match up there, Supreme? Atlantic versus Metro. Obviously, Ovechkin you know, announced a long time ago he was going to be out for this game. Uh, Crosby's going to be out. It's it's going to be... I, th- I think this is probably the Atlantics to win. I would agree with you. I had to take a page out of uh, Thomas's... And hold on, book. real quick. I think the I Atlantic's, think the Atlantic's only over. minus one twenty two. So they're not they're not too big yeah, of a favorite a... either. No, definitely not. But I think the Atlantic, um, it's a good little team. I mean, a lot of youth. I mean, you see Eichel and Pasternak both both being on the same squad. Some other young talent like Huberto, Marner. Um, and Kachuk uh, from Ottawa, you know, it rounded out throughout their roster. I mean, I, I, I like everything about it, the the forwards, the D, and the goaltending. Uh, not to say that the Metro doesn't also look great, um, but I believe it was the Metro where they, they had a few guys, you know, like, like OV, uh, didn't Hamilton go down with an injury? Yeah. Um, Broken You know, Gensel. Injured as well. Panarin too. Panarin as well. Yep. So yeah, they had they had some big names that that could have been a, a much more stout team, but they, they also, I mean, it's the All Star game. Everybody's everybody's the best at what they do. So I don't know. I'm Homer pick, Gold Atlantic. Yeah, they're right now as everything sits, they're uh, minus. 125 actually there against the metro in that first game um and then it's pretty much even in that western conference game but looking at this whole weekend as a whole tristan what are you most excited for number one i'll I'll lay this out there just because i don't think i've ever said this before um maybe just to myself I hate the all-star game. I think it's the biggest joke in all of sports. It's a skate about how can you possibly bet on a game where players are giving 10, maybe 15% 
all they're trying to do is flip their the puck on the stick and do the little dangles here and there. It is a waste of time. It is stupid. I remember my grandma and my mom telling me stories about when All-Star games back in the 70s and the 80s, they were two-to-one games. They were three-to-two games, and it was a bloodbath. And it was something interesting to watch. A three-on-three with a bunch of guys just dipsy-doodling. I don't give a shit about this game. It means nothing. It's irrelevant. Will I watch it? Of course. I would never miss it. The All-Star competition is the one thing that I'm very excited about. Every year, for some reason, it's the hardest shot, the fastest skater, the stick handling, the this is the that's. I think it's very exciting. I think that they have what is it the the women's the women's players now that are getting very heavily involved. I think it's a very exciting time for hockey. I love the skills challenge. The game itself, I don't care about. Um, do you guys think I propose this? Because somebody brought up something about the fastest skater. I think Connor McDavid should have to have his skates on opposite feet. Or what if they're tied together? He only was allowed to get like a certain stride length. That's fair. Maybe like bungee cords. Around his quads. Yeah. Yeah. People work out then. Kind of skate with like broken ankles or something like that. It might make it like some fair. <laughs> right. No, but I, as I said, I just, I, I hate the all-star game. It's, it's painful to watch. It's just not fun. No, it's, it's, I don't know. I think adding that million dollar prize in the 3v3 is sort of added to it a little bit over the last few years, at least. Um, they don't, but when you look at it as a whole, where you have to have at least one guy from each team in and the way it sort of works out is you have Tyler Bertuzzi and Anthony Duclair as all stars. God. Uh, I'm, I mean like two years ago, Anthony Duclair was like a complete bust. Um, I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi is a role player. There's no chance. Like he's a top six forward on any team in the NHL besides Detroit. Um, I mean, the Sabres could probably throw him on the top line, but he's not an actual top liner. Um, so, Cats, to you, you're a Metro guy. Do you think they got any chance beating the Atlantic? Who do you think takes home uh, this four-division tournament? Uh, I I like that Central Division. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of skill coming out out of there. But it was really fun to watch Barzi rip the All-Star game last year with Sidney Crosby and Seth Jones, and uh, you know. Um, I'm, I'm like I said. I'm, I'm more of a, you know, I'm more interested in the skills competition. I think the players showcase their skills way more than they do just kind of, you know, coasting on the three on three. But it's all for the fans, which is, which is a, you know, it's always a good turnout, and it's good for the city of St. Louis. And I'm excited for this weekend. Um, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Can we, can we do something real quick? Can we do like a, like a friendly bet? We got to figure something out like behind the scenes, but. There's four teams. We oh, each yeah, have we'll to pick, pick one. We'll pick cards. We'll draw cards. So, no, 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 no. I don't There's want sticks. cards. Which team, which roster is technically the worst? Like, if you looked at one team and you were like, ugh, this roster is not very good, which team, which one is that? Oh. I don't even know who are on the, I don't know who's on the teams. I have no idea. Probably the Metro after the replacements. Give me the Metro. I will take the Metro. I think they're going to win. I think it's a game of 
complete bullshit. I bet the Metro wins. Hmm. <laughs> hey, you can have the Metro. All right, the rest. I, all right, so Cats just picked the Central to win. Supreme, what do you want? Pacific, down. Pacific or Atlantic? Uh, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll snag the Atlantic. All right, you got it. I got, Pac- I got Pacific. Uh, whoever so wait, wins. Who did I get? I got Metro, Cats got the, the Central? Yep. Ty's got Pacific. And other Ty's got Atlantic. <laughs> Make it challenging for everyone. Right, so, alright. Losers gotta buy the winner a nice drink at the next Sabres pregame. Hopefully, not pregaming a tank game. Yeah, we'll see. But before we get back into the Sabres here, we gotta talk a little bit about what's going on in Philadelphia. Gritty. Everyone is attacking Gritty, attacking his character. Supposedly, Gritty is hitting 13-year-old teenagers in the back. He's doing all sorts of shenanigans. Tristan, what are your thoughts on this? Because this is a hot-button topic. Everyone is just clamoring for answers. Well, I'm dead. I was literally just on Twitter, and Kevin Hayes posted the picture of him um, it was him in the gritty outfit or whatever it was. Somebody photoshopped his face. So I was dying at that and it was free gritty and then I'll pay for the legal fees. So I was dying at that. <laughs> but here's the deal. If it was any major concern, if there was some real serious legal issues, they wouldn't be using the term gritty. They would be using the guy under the mask. They would be saying his name. So-and-so was under legal or of legal interest right now the fact that they call him gritty just kind of makes it sound the whole, the whole thing sound like a joke yeah kind of but i don't know we'll see i mean i think this is just either way the way you look at things this has just been great publicity for the flyers especially the nhl as a whole because it hasn't been you know anywhere really negative until this point, and it's kind of like negative in quotes. Like, um, I mean, Sabretooth used to steal my hat every single time I went to the Sabres game as a youth, and I wanted to rip his head off a million times. And, you know, like, I turned out semi-fine. Um, so this kid's, especially if he's 13, he's fine. Like, I was like six years old, and this, and this monstrosity of a tiger with large teeth was stealing my hat. That, you know, could have scarred a youth. Like, this is completely different. I mean, I know Gritty looks scary, but Supreme, I think you know, like, this is just good marketing by the league. Yeah, I I totally agree with what Tristan had to say, where if it were something serious, you know, it would be the reporting on it would be much, much different. I think if if it does shake out to just be a true, you know, marketing, PR stunt, I mean, got to tip my cap to the Flyers as much as I hate that organization. Because um, like, when have you ever seen a mascot that's almost it, it's, Gertie's larger than life? I mean, he's almost more recognizable and more famous, you could say, than any one player on the Flyers since he's rolled out. It's you know, it, bro. isn't it crazy? And I, I my one piece of all, all of this, my one piece of content that I love the most out of all this is something I saw 
uh, I believe it was last night, where someone had gritty photoshopped into the Bronco with uh, with <laughs> AB Eason shotgun. That's a great oh, work. That was a great great work for who uh, for whoever did that. Um, <laughs> it was just it was incredible. So yeah, I mean it's and that's that's what I, I mascot should be more like that. Maybe not to the level of gritty, because he's just kind of the, to me, he's just kind of the persona of the average Philadelphian. Um, but I don't know. They've, they've done such an awesome job with with him as their mascot, and can't wait for more. Oh, yeah. It's just phenomenal, a phenomenal job, and we need to see more out of Sabretooth. I think he's lost his... I don't know, his extra pizzazz. Like, we don't get him coming out of the rafters anymore, coming down, you know. It's just not that extra energy he has before. Now he just, you know, bangs on the drum every once in a while, gets like 20 kids and their parents yelling, and that's about it. Um, and that's pretty much all he's good for nowadays. And you just hate to see it. Let's give him, let's get him into some antics. Let's ramp up his social media let's do something let's get into some sort of relevance with him um but let's also talk about the end of the season and it's gonna take some sort of astronomical effort isn't it tristan to get into the playoffs you have to again like i said we did this over twitter earlier today you have to have realistically 20 wins eight losses and hopefully five overtime losses to make it a possibility. Um, again, right now with Carolina being the last wild card team, again, as of right now, and on pace for 100 points, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, 20 wins, eight losses, five overtime losses gets us to 97 points, may not even get us there. So we have to operate at an extremely high level. We have to come in pretty much on all cylinders. Like you have to go on, you have to like win every five, like for every five games, every five or six games, you can lose one game. Um, we haven't done that all season. We didn't do that last season. We haven't done that in the past 10 seasons. Are we going to do it this season? Uh, I'm just going based on, I'm going based on what I'm seeing this year and what I've seen in the past couple of years, the odds of it happening. If you ask me right now, gun to my head, are the Sabres going to make the playoffs? Hell no. They're going to finish 15 points out of a playoff spot, if I'm being totally honest. They are not the team to go on a hot streak. They don't have the, they don't have the offensive talent, and they don't have the depth of goaltending to make it happen. Yeah, let's get a little bit of an outside perspective here. Cats, on the outside looking in, the Sabres obviously 10 points out right now. Do you think they have the chance to make a run? I know you've seen them up close and personal this year. You've been to a game. I, I just I want someone from the outside to maybe give me some hope, even though I don't think it's possible. You know, I, I, and, I, and I feel for you guys being 10 points out. Because I've been there and done that, you know, been my own fan. And still so about with the boys, but you know, the the Sabres are there for you guys eighty two games a year, no matter what they do, win or lose, and you guys have a tough second half of the season coming up. 
Tristan said, you got to, for every five or six games, you can afford to only lose one. And I want to see you guys, uh, you know, make a run here. You know, you have a couple wins after the All-Star break, gets that confidence boosted in the locker room. And who knows what can happen? The teams above above you guys can start losing and you guys can gain some traction on these teams and make the race really tight, which is uh, what all the fans would want to see. And, of course, great for the league, too. Yeah, that's always what you want. But I think the biggest problem here, Supreme, is that there's so many teams in between us in a playoff spot. You have the Maple Leafs to jump. You're tied there with the Canadians. you got to get above the Flyers and the Hurricanes and or, you know, Blue Jackets, maybe the Panthers. Like, there's a lot of teams there that, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces that you're going to have to get over to be able to get into that spot. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I just don't see this team with a lack of bottom six forward talent. And just the mediocrity at the defensive position, not to mention the the lack of depth at goaltending. I just don't see us putting together what we need to happen to make that playoff run. Uh, could it happen? I mean, there's an 8% chance uh, per you. But uh, made that I see the Sabres ending up with 85 points outside looking in yet again and uh every finger every set of fingers crossed in the western new york area for sure yeah hopefully the sabers can get things turned around but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen is there anything you see this team being able to do whether it's, you know, making a trade or something, Tristan, that can get them over the hump? No. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for the confidence. Supreme, do you think it's possible? <laughs> I, I don't know about uh, could we make trades, could we make moves, you know, before the deadline, perhaps. I mean, will it make a tremendous impact? I, I don't think so at this point in the season. Um, you know, as we had mentioned earlier in the episode, getting Olsen and Skinner back will be big, but those are top six guys. And the the issue is that someone like Bogosian, for example, openly states that he wants a trade, but how long ago was that? I mean, if he was worth anything to any one of the other 30 teams in the NHL, you'd like to think he'd be on that team's roster now. Um, so I, I, I just don't, Scandello was probably our best piece that we could move to get some return and short of moving one of our top six forwards. I just don't see who would want to take on either a player for their talent level and, or for their price in their contract, uh, to, you know, to make a deal, a meaningful deal happen for us. I just don't see it. Not happening. No. Yeah, it's just we have so many guys who are going to be hitting UFA, and there's so many guys who have absolutely no value. Like, is someone going to really reach out to you and trade for Zemgis Gergensen's? No. Probably not. If anyone wanted Zach Bogosian, he'd be gone by now. 
I mean, I think you would take like a seventh round pick at this point. He's a UFA at the end of the year. Like you would just take anything. You had Victor Olsen, who was a seventh round pick. Like maybe you can turn it into anything. Like just get his money off. Maybe you can make some other moves from there. But they're not making the move, so it it goes to show they're not there right now, and they don't have any sort of assets to really trade off. You don't have you know the Evander Canes or anyone who really has an expiring contract who's worth anything more than a very late round pick. And it seems that Jason Bottrell just wants to continue to hold his cards and wait to the very last moment, like he has in the past with the Vander Kane trying to get as much as he can. But I don't think he's really going to be able to get much unless any teams maybe run into a big injury problem in the back end where they just have to do something, have to get some sort of NHL defenseman in there besides that i don't i don't see it happening maybe you make a move it, it might be a similar move like you did last year for montour where you're looking kind of more ahead for the future than just that season but i don't know if even you know the montour deal seems okay right now right tristan yeah i mean it seems okay but we were just talking i think we, you know, with our with how with who we have on defense, we kind of outkicked our coverage. You know, we waited a little bit too long. We thought we had some good pieces in our hand, and teams are calling our bluff. Obviously, if Zach Bogosian was worth half a shit, we would have already traded him. At this point, you got to make a move for a seventh round pick. Maybe you find an Olafson. Maybe you continue to move those picks. But you know, te- teams called our bluff. We don't have the strong defensive core that we thought we had. We don't have a lot of tradable pieces. We have maybe some functioning kind of shit things that you can add to your roster, but it's about it. The teams called us and uh, we, uh, we lost. Yeah. And it, it doesn't seem to be correcting itself anytime soon, but I, I don't know, like looking into next season Supreme for you, I, I know for me, it's, it's very, a limited amount of people who've played themselves on the next year's roster. And that might just be, you know, Jack, Darlene, maybe Yoki Haru, um, Sam, Olafson, and then from there, like, it's pretty much a crapshoot. Yeah, it's a, I don't know. This is going to be a very, very interesting offseason, and my hopes are not very high. I mean, we have to draft well, but the NHL, I mean, it's it's a tough league to get immediate impact through the draft. Um, you know, I I would hate to think that we're gonna have to go down the road of overpaying a free agent again, a la uh, Kyle Ocposo, um or something to that effect to add that depth scoring um, and or depth on the blue line, but. You know, as you mentioned, the the UFA pool is not great this year. Uh, the draft, I mean, I, I guess the draft does look pretty deep um, for future talent, not not for you know plug and play type guys. Not that there are many, but um, I don't know. And the outlook is bleak, uh, to say the least. You know, for next season. Not to mention all the turnover we're we're expected to have on the roster, but who knows? Maybe maybe the fact that there will be you know so much turnover with some of these expiring contracts, 
it'll force us into something else and a different group of guys. Maybe it will revitalize the core of the team um, into playing a different brand of hockey. I don't know. That's all just pure speculation right now. Yeah, you just want to feel like you have to overpay for free agents because we've seen um, <laughs> something that's kind of funny from Katz's perspective that over these you know, the last 10 years or so, John Tavares has played so well and had other players play up to his level, um, Matt Molson and Kyle Ocposo, and they've gone and gotten huge paydays by the Sabres and ended up not living up to the value that they've been getting paid. And it, it kind of makes you think about, you know, what's going on with the Sabres, whether we overpaid, you know, Jeff Skinner or possibly whether we're going to end up overpaying Sam Reinhart here because we keep leaving him with Eichel for so long this season and he continues to put up numbers where he just, you know, gives Jack the puck and he goes coast to coast and he doesn't really do anything to actually set up the goal. But um, it kind of is what it is. Um, Is someone who sort of lived through this where you have that one franchise piece, Cats, what is your sort of – perspective on things what is your i guess advice to sabers management to do while you have someone in their prime so they don't want to leave i guess i mean we've seen players like Corey conacher play on a line with tavares and you're just like what the fuck is going on so you gotta go ahead you gotta go ask eichel what he wants and give it to him honestly he's in his prime and he's he you've seen him and you guys have seen him play at his absolute best. He tears it up when he needs to be and he steps up and you just got to go see what he wants and go get him. Got to appeal to him. Otherwise, you know, when the time comes, it's, you know, he's going to write off and then uh, probably chase, chase the bags and you wouldn't blame him because he just couldn't get in the pieces that he wanted. Well, yeah, I think at that point, if he hits UFA, he's going to be like, uh, was it like 29, 30 years old? I think he's going to be chasing the trophy or chasing the cup at that point. Um, I think I just hit that point in my career mode actually in NHL, and I was like, holy cow. Like, if he ends up with the Sabres for that long, hits UFA, it's it's going to be tough because you want to, you know, be able to produce a winner at some point. You had these years of losing game after game after game, and the fans have stuck so closely to this team and it is tough to see them continuing to lose and not being able to put things together and you see the dysfunction within the organization and you just hope for better so let's get into our last grievances let's air these out cats let's get to you first aired out on the islanders before we rip the sabers to shreds hoping that they hear it hoping that they play a little better lou wake up we need a top six forward man we're third in the division and you got Washington with a plus 33 goal differential. Pittsburgh with a plus 32, and we're a plus 11. Lou, wake up. There's a glaring issue. We know you're there, and we know you can make it happen. We believe in you. Supreme, you got to lead it off for the Sabres. Air it out. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, we got to come home. We got to win games. We need Olsen and Skinner healthy if we're going to have any dying hope at ending this playoff drought. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Will I be watching every game? Yes. And should Jason Bottero get the boot if 
no moves are made around the trade deadline and the Sabres are double digit points away from a playoff spot the end of the season. Yes. Get his ass out of here. I'm sick of the dysfunction at the front office level for the Buffalo Sabres organization. And something's going to need to change, you know, if we're going to expect to be in a winning position, such as the Islanders year in year out. Yeah. It seems like it's not just front office dysfunction, but just incomplete organizational dysfunction to be able to miss the playoffs this many times in a row. But before I give it to funnel guy to end the show, we got to give a shout out to our boys at Justition. They got a huge event coming up February 9th. Our boy Doug Allen will be singing the national anthem, starting it all off Sunday at 12:45 February 9th for that NHL tournament. It's going to be absolutely insane down at Riverworks. Everyone, make sure you get out there, and everyone, make sure you log on to justition.com use promo code trainwreck to get 10 percent off your entire order and they got some new shirts that are just about to drop and i got one thing to say my last thought tristan before you end this show the sabers just need to at least you know play with a little bit of heart show you care especially these few guys who are going to be here you know for these next few seasons besides jack give us a little bit of something give us some hope and now tristan rip them up and end the show i'm literally gonna go the exact opposite of what you guys said um we've seen it we know the team that we have we know what we're capable of and we know that this is a team that's going to finish between draft pick 10 to 15 just tank just tank just end it Give yourselves a realistic shot at a generational player like Lafreniere or Quentin Bayfield. Even you go a little bit deeper with a player like Alexander Holtz out of Sweden. Just at this point, you're not making the playoffs. You're not doing yourself any justice with the 10 to 15 pick. Just tank. Just get it over with and just fucking let's try again next season. That's all I can say. Pull the plug. Tristan says, pull the plug. Tank for Lafreniere. It doesn't matter. I'm just here to see Jack. Let's go Sabres.